Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Buddy Walls. Today's Bible lesson, Highway of Holiness. Highway of Holiness. Before I start my lesson, I have two areas of thought I want to give you because it goes so well with my lesson. This is going to sound strange coming from an independent Baptist Bible teacher because it is an eye-opener. Here are two areas of thought. This morning, uh, before I start my lesson, I'm going to be talking about two different things, politics and different religions, and there is a reason for that. I have heard these things mentioned in the church, therefore I want to be perfectly clear where I stand. Number one, don't bring politics into the church. Now hold that thought. Number two, it is not good to talk about other religions. Hold, Hold that thought. Here's where I stand. Those statements are 100% correct. This is most definitely the right thinking. I am so thankful that the group of men and leaders that I work with in my church think that way. But do not make the mistake of taking those two statements out of context. That is what causes a lot of confusion these days. That is what causes turmoil in a lot of churches. Here is a point we can all agree on. There are a lot of things going on in the world today that will directly affect the church. What do you mean, buddy? For instance, whether or not you want this to happen, it will happen. With all these things we see going on in the world, at some point or another, someone, members included, will say something about what they have seen in the world that falls in one of these two categories, politics and religion. But here's something we need to understand. Follow me closely. It is not about Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Party of the Toad Frogs, or whatever you, which one you support. It is not about Catholics, Presbyterians, Methodists, Baptists, Islamists, or Scientology. Why? Because each and every one of those are natural entities. Here's what we need to understand. Please do not miss this. Within each one of these individual entities uh, is this little three-letter word called sin, S-I-N. It is not only our right, it is our duty as Christians to speak against sin. It is our duty to teach against it, preach against it. Here's where I stand. It is our duty to compare things of the natural with things of the spiritual. You may very easily hear me speak about any one of these separate entities within the political and religious areas. As long as I'm speaking about the sin within each one of those entities that do not line up with the Word of God, if I do not do that, then you correct me. If I mention the Catholics, I am not talking about the religion. They have, the, they have that right to believe however they choose. I hope I will be talking about the sin within their religion that does not line up with the word of God. I have talked about the sin that lies within the Baptist community. That does not mean I am bad-mouthing the Baptist. The same thing goes in the political, political arena. It's not who spent the most money. It's about the sin that does not line up with the word of God. There is nothing wrong with comparing the things of the natural with things of the spiritual. If we do not mention those things when it is time, how 
will people know what is right and what is wrong. Therefore, if you ever hear me speaking about anything within those two areas, that does not mean I am bringing politics into the church or speaking against other religions. As long as I am speaking about the sin within any one of those entities, I have that right and that duty as a Christian. As long as we speak against sin through spiritual eyes and not the natural, we be we will be following the Word of God. Regardless of what is happening in this world, out here in front of us, here is the most important thing. Are we, His children, on the highway of holiness? Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 33, 35, verse 8. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8. The Bible says, And a highway shall be there, and the way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. I thought a lot about this highway of holiness. The nation of Israel was designed to have a place where other nations of the world could come to worship the true God. The temple in Jerusalem was to be the center in which uh, the good news of God's salvation would spread to every corner of the world. But those who were supposed to be God's people turned their back on him and practiced every kind of sin. Rather than being ambassadors for God, they actually disgraced his holy name. Rather than attracting other nations of the earth to God, they became stumbling blocks to those who were seeking the true God. The Israelites fell so far from God's original intent that God judged them and sent them into exile. Yet God promised that one day his people would be an avenue by which others could find salvation. I think it's God's desire that anywhere there is a Christian, God has a way for people to learn this, his salvation. Turn with me to Romans chapter 10 verses 14 and 15. Romans chapter 10 verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Of how shall they hear without a preacher? Romans chapter 10 verse 15. Romans chapter 10 verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Many have the serious misconception that it is up to the preacher to point others to Christ. I want to say that again. Anywhere there is a Christian, there should be a way for people to learn of God's salvation. Whenever an unbeliever meets a Christian, the unbeliever ought to be face-to-face with everything he needs to know in order to follow Christ. One of the greatest things a church could possibly do is have ongoing lessons on how to witness to people. Many people do not know the right approach. Some may be a little scared. Some may not know exactly what to say and when to say it. For some, it may be something they are totally not used to. Therefore, they decide within themselves to go on their business and not say anything. That is absolutely the worst thing that can happen. Why? Because that person you just passed may currently be on his or her way to hell. That is not what the Lord wants to happen. 
the Lord would like very much to spend eternity with that individual. So he would like his children to be prepared to tell others about him. Now, how do we do that? Well, we can start off making sure we have the right prayer life. God promises all believers that if we live righteously and pray with all our heart, our prayers will have an effect that will also produce results. Now, someone might say, well, I do pray, but nothing happens. The problem is, too many times we do not hold ourselves accountable to the Scriptures. If our prayer life is not accomplishing very much, what should we do? If we are praying and not seeing any results, should we just automatically figure that God's promises are not true? Should we excuse this scripture as not being practical or unrealistic? Or should we examine ourselves to see if we meet its conditions? James says that fervent prayer availeth much. Could it be that we are not as fervent in our prayer as we should be? Now correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe fervent prayer means not to quit so easily. Don't give up on God. The preacher told me one time, he said, you can change God's mind through the right kind of prayer. I happen to believe that. The right prayer and the right faith can change God's mind. If you're not in the right spirit, pray that God will put you in the right spirit so you can pray. I've always been in the right spirit to pray. I've not always been in the right spirit to pray. Ask God to help you in whatever you need. That is what he wants you to do. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I like that. The Spirit will help us out. Now, Back to what we were talking about. Are you on that highway of holiness? Are you ready and able to witness to an unbeliever? If not, start with prayer. Pray that God will help you become what he wants you to be. Pray that he will help you become a greater witness to anyone who is not saved. When God places someone in your life who are in need, he is already aware of what they lack. And he knows that he has given you the resources to meet those needs. God never does anything by accident. Whenever some type of need floats to the surface, immediately go to the Father and say, You know, you put me here for a reason. You knew, you knew this was going to happen. What did you intend to go through? Uh, what did you intend to do through me? That would help this person come become closer to you. Recognizing a need in someone's life can be one of the greatest invitations from God you will ever experience. Please never be reluctant to carry the load of others. I know at times it seems that each and every need of someone else might overload you, but rather than looking at each need as a burden on your time, and energy or finances look at it from the standpoint as God why did you place me in this situation are there other needs that you want to accomplish in their lives you see God always sees the big picture he sees things many times you cannot see 
We just have to put our trust and our faith in Him. Never miss out on God's activities because you are reluctant to carry the load for others. Let me ask you this question. Has God been good to you? Has God blessed you with your needs? Will you... Have you ever thought of this? He might be preparing you to carry the burden of others. What better way to serve God? Is your highway the highway of holiness? Are you prepared to witness to others? Are you prepared to carry someone else's burdens? There is no greater treasure on earth um, than to bring someone to know Jesus Christ. Prepare yourself for the highway of holiness. Live righteously. Pray fervently. Never be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Never be afraid to ask others if they know him as their personal Savior. Never be reluctant to carry their burden because you may very well be pointing them in the direction of eternity with God. And the day is coming when your reward would be accordingly. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's works of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a, re a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I want to say that again. What highway are you on today? Are you on the highway of holiness? Are you ready and able to witness to others? Or are you going through your week-to-week -week routine, showing up at church, thinking everything is okay? If that is the case, according to that last verse we just read, you will suffer loss. You might be saved, but you will suffer loss. If you are not sure how to witness to others, I am sure the Lord does not want you to throw up your hands and say, Well, that's just not my thing. I'm sure he would want you to try. I'm sure he would want you to practice. I'm sure he would want you to uh, throw away your pride and ask someone to help you in that area. It can be done. Pick up your cross. Crosses are painful. Crosses are not pleasant many times. But your cross may just help someone else to spread an eternity with God. To spend an eternity with God. Your cross may take you out of your comfort zone. Jesus' cross took him out of his comfort zone. That is what is killing America today. We have been spoiled by our comfort zones. We like our routines. We like our land of plenty. We like our comfortable homes and cars and couches and TVs. Lord, don't ask me to come out of my comfort zone. That's just not my thing. God help a people that have forgotten who their Lord is. You can choose to believe this or not. It doesn't really matter because the truth will stand. God said in the last days there will be mockers and scoffers. But we are living in the last uh, days. We have a short time to be about his business. We can make a difference in the lives of many. But listen, 
my words will not be of any use if they go in one ear and out the other. They have to stop somewhere in the middle and settle in the heart. We have to have a change of heart to be of any value to the Lord and the upbuilding of his kingdom. You know, I have listened many times to the prayer being said over and over uh, in our church offering. Lord, please use this offering to the upbuilding of thy kingdom. It sounds great and is great if we use it for that purpose. But there is something far greater for the upbuilding of his kingdom. And it's much more powerful than money alone. It's ourselves. It's our witness. It's us telling someone else that is far from Christ about the difference he has made in our lives. I cannot stress this enough. It is important. When God said we need a renewing of our minds, he did not place those words in the Bible for good reading. He put them there because that is exactly what needs to take place. We need to have a renewing of our minds and our hearts, and he will bless accordingly. If blessed, It blessed my heart when we first started the uh, food pantry at one time. At first, not many people were involved, but when people started seeing how the food was going out to people they were that were in desperate need, it changed their hearts. It started working on their hearts. Then I noticed more people started bringing in more items. You see, their hearts were changing. They had a heart for those people that are in need. There is no different in the way our hearts need to be toward those that are lost. We need to have a heart for those folks. We need to care that they are lost and on their way to hell. Develop and practice your witnessing. Drop your pride and make it a point to have a renewing of your mind and heart toward those that are lost. And God will bless accordingly. Develop your prayer life first. Ask God to put someone in your path. He knows the needs. He just needs people with a changed heart and mind. People that are willing to pick up their cross and make a difference. Pray that we will be people with our own crosses. Now I'd like to finish up here with asking you one question. Are you 100% sure that you're going to heaven? Did you know the Bible wants you to know for sure that you have eternal life? It said in 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, that you may know that you have eternal life. And the way you can know that is to, first of all, recognize that you're a sinner. We all fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says. First of all, recognize that you are a sinner, then repent of that sin. Now, you can repent a thousand times. It won't do you one bit of good until you actually change, go a different direction. When you change and go a different direction, God knows that and he sees that in your heart and soul. Then you have to believe on the finished work of the cross. Believe that Jesus was crucified as the Son of God. He was crucified. And then he went to a borrowed tomb, went to a grave, and three days later rode from that grave and is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now making intercession for you and I. If you believe that with all your heart and soul, the Bible says you shall be saved. It's not a think-so-might-so-maybe-so salvation. It's a no-so salvation. So if you want to know that you have eternal life, follow those steps. 
We thank you and we'll see you down the road. Dr. Buddy Wall signing off.